Episode number 195 of the Sane Asylum. I'm your host, Giuseppe, and it's going to be a fine, fine discussion tonight. Got a couple of uh, amazing white nationalists, one young and one young at heart. And first, of course, the young at heart one is no other than Paul, not known as Paul from California, Northern Amanda Paul. And he didn't like Paul Reno, and he didn't like Apostle Paul. We're going to go back to the, the tried and true. Paul, welcome. How are you, my brother? I'm doing fine, ready to go. Let's uh, let's do this thing, as they say. Excellent. And our honored guest today is a fellow who's really made quite a name for himself the last couple of years on um, Odyssey with his Odyssey channel. And actually, I can bring that up. He goes by the handle of the big floppa, and he did a phenomenal. There he is. Let me change the screen size so uh, when when we have the recording, you'll be seen better. There you are. And uh, he did a phenomenal documentary that uh, I had him on the show about. And he's also really, really doing remarkable coverage, better than any you know millionaire-paid mainstream news service in covering the the, the uh, Jewish atrocities in Gaza. So welcome, Floppa. So let's start with that, man. What what's your take? What's the latest on what's going on with Gaza and the genocide? Well, the whole thing there, um, I was kind of privy toward, um, I made some predictions in 2021 after the sort of Jerusalem battle, and I kind of thought that was a test run with Iranian oil money. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I predicted these Hamas attacks would happen this summer. Uh, they happened later than I thought, actually. And so I've kind of covered everything as if I was right in my predictions, and it's kind of it's kind of played out that way. And so 
Um, I don't know. It's been crazy as a broadcaster. It's kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity right. to cover something like that. And I mean, you're literally doing six to eight hour shows and covering uh, multiple international live news feeds and inter- independent feeds like on Telegram and other. And, and what you're doing is just amazingly diametrically opposed to the lies Americans are being fed by the mainstream media and the so-called you know, major independent internet outlets. It's all, it's all a bunch of garbage, isn't it? And why don't you share with people, like, I don't know how much you monitor what they're lying about, but give us a couple instances of where you predicted correctly. And and the whole nonsense that's coming out of the the mainstream media. Well, the Al Shifa hospital was one of my golden moments. I predicted they'd bomb it. And uh, I predicted they would find tunnels that they built and they ended up having to admit that they built the tunnels and then they buried the whole story. I caught them in the act of that. And wow. It's it's a big help with uh, Telegram channels. Uh, there is even an article I covered on uh, on the shit show last night about Telegram war intel. It really is a big thing. And, you know, for a, a, a journalist aspect of it, it wasn't that um, harmful of an article. They even basically said that we're able to act faster because we don't have to verify anything. And I pointed out that we kind of have an honor system in the intel community. If you're given bad intel, you fall off pretty quick. And so there's no boy who cried wolf in the community. You've got a few channels that have been around for several years now that have been very accurate. And it does allow us to cover things a lot faster than your Jewish media can. And it's all on a screen right in front of me i can do it live very easily and oh fantastic yeah. well, got, jump in you got any questions well so i guess basically what you're saying is that uh the mainstream media is not always honest would that be the point here <laughs> i <laughs> you know <laughs> i can count the times that they have been honest on my hands with the gaza situation I even I even was just posting on Gab just a little bit ago. You've got a uh, Dr. Eli David, the most influential Jewish Zionist on Twitter, and he is putting out a picture saying that the United Nations supplies that have been delivered to Gaza have Hamas rockets in them. And so I said, well, it looks like they're going to bomb another hospital, and I would I would predict it's going to be directly a United Nations hospital or the Indonesian hospital that. That's uh, been out of power for a week and a half. Wow. You know, and it's it's weird, too, when you think about this, because obviously this is not the first time. And, you know, you kind of just want to say, who who does that? I mean, are they doing it just for the the outrage effect? In other words, we're going to show you exactly how, uh, you know, outrageous we are. I mean, the other thing I was going to add to this is I was just thinking uh, this the other day, Giuseppe, and I'm sure all the three of us, if we were to, you know, uh, chart our shall we say, the way we bump around the blogosphere, the internetosphere, whatever you want to call it, you know, Mm -hmm. listening, reading, watching videos. We encounter lots of the same things, I would imagine. And what I've noticed recently uh, is that there's so much more use of these three words over and over, which is like trope, stereotype, and scapegoat or scapegoating. And it's like, you know, this is all they have. And, you know, and I just want to tweak these words. I just was thinking of this tonight. This is my 
my original contribution to the show. So we're going to take the word trope. We're going to use the TR. We're going to drop the OPE. And we're just going to add the UTH, right? Because a trope is a truth, right? The stereotype is not a stereotype. It's a phenotype. It's, it, this is what Jewish biology does. This is what Jewish biology has always done. It's not a stereotype, Jew. It's what you do. And we all know what you do. And the other thing we'll take is scapegoat. We'll, we'll just keep the first two letters, SC, and we're just going to say scumbag, because yeah. that's basically <laughs> what the Jewish people have always been, essentially, with their history of what what they're known for, right? Which is nation wreckers, culture destroyers, well poisoners, child kidnappers, on and on. The Jews are basically scumbags, and there's no amount of propaganda, in my opinion. I hope this will be the final push so that we can get ever closer to the year where it'll be basically year zero, where we are no longer under Jewish rule and Jewish tyranny. And I hope it comes in my lifetime. Yeah, me too. It's already here. Really? Tell us why you say that. Well, last night, uh, one in the chat, if you were watching my show last night, I got hit with all of it. Uh, Three countries in Europe are having open demonstrations Germany for the Germans, Spain for the Spanish, Ireland for the Ireland for for the Irish. 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 Um, it is an ethnic battle cry that we're seeing in Europe. The the truth is out, um, and we no longer have to hide in the shower uh, the shadows to talk about this stuff. It's open on Twitter. It's open season for naming the Jew. That's excellent. And you know, uh, this is your first time appearing on Republic broadcasting.org so why don't you tell everybody how you decided to uh uh put your balls on the on the on the table uh with the jewish meat cleaver uh swinging uh, ominously close and decide to be an underpaid excellent independent journalist what what led you to this fight man it's been a, a long run i used to be a a professional musician who was canceled by jewish uh local companies because Mm -hmm. of my stance against bernie sanders in 2015 Uh, i was raised on adderall i figured out who was behind that Uh, it was done to me because i had a high iq as a kid Uh Um, and in many such cases in my in my generation my best friend was murdered by two men who were sectionated out of afghanistan Uh, Things like that caused me to ask a lot of questions and to not care so much about my own financial future. And so what I did when I became racially aware of what's going on is I decided to go all in. And so I created a lifestyle where my future and my financial stability is directly tied to the growth of my ideals and the far right. Oh, fantastic. Yep. That's outstanding. I, I admire that, and my condolences about your friend. The only Thanks, uh, way I could relate is a friend of mine lost his brother who was stabbed by an illegal Mexican from Mexico. So this this stuff is happening. Of course, it's very indirect for me, but across the United States, if you were to just compile, and I don't, I don't know if there's going to be any accurate compilation of exactly the the true numbers of people that have been lost, even to just drunk drivers i know that the site vdare used to talk about that aspect all the time about just uh people that are killed by illegal alien drunk drivers that's just the scratch of surface i'm I'm pissed yeah i'm glad to hear there's other plenty of other young white guys that are pissed as well we're fucking mad i mean i i'm 38 and so as a kid i was born in 1985 i grew up in a white neighborhood 
Um, and because of the way that economies hit my generation, I ended up as an adult, as a young adult living in a, a, a ghetto part of my, my town. And I just got to the point financially where I could move back to the part of town I grew up in. And it's not wow. what it was when I was a kid. I was so excited to get back out here, you know, paying over a thousand dollars a month for a one bedroom apartment just to be completely surrounded. I, it's, I, I was talking uh, on the National Top 40 today about the word Hyreth. It's one of our musicians, beautiful woman. Right. Uh, yeah, she sadly lost her husbands. Yeah, very sadly, recently too, Jeff Winston. But uh, yep. yeah, the, the meaning of the word Hyreth is a longing. It's a very dark and uh, loosely translated Welsh word that means like a longing for your childhood or your homeland. But it's mm -hmm. like something that doesn't exist anymore. And that's the feeling. That's why my generation is pissed off. We want something we've never fucking had. Does that yeah. make sense? It totally makes sense because uh, Paul and I are, uh, you know, Paul's a few younger years older than mine, not many, and I'm 64, and I've seen it all destroyed. My childhood growing up in the Midwest in Milwaukee during the boom times of the 60s and 70s for ma actual manufacturing, I mean, life was good. It was a high-trust society, a high-trust um, a community, and it was all destroyed by a bunch of uh, Jewish parasites and Jewish communists, m one of which I have a clip for. Speaking of Oy vey, Boyne Sanders, here's uh, Sam, if you could cue up clip number 14. All, all the Bernie bros who were fooled that this guy somehow championed uh, the, the white Gentile. What a laugh. This clip shows the true colors of the backstabbing traitor, Boyne Sanders. Here we go. I'm Jewish. My family came from Poland. My father's whole family was wiped out by Hitler and his white nationalism. Too yeah, many people so, have fought over the years. Too many people have died against racism to allow it to resurface and flourish in America. We will go to war against white nationalism and racism in every aspect of our lives. It's increasingly evident that hopes for a two-state solution are almost dead. Um, the, at the same time, polls among Palestinians in the occupied West Bank and Gaza are showing that they're increasingly in favor of a one-state solution with equal rights for Israelis and Palestinians alike and equal citizenship. Is that something you believe could happen or is that something you support? No, I, don't. I mean, I think if that happens, then that would be the end of the state of Israel. And I support Israel. You're here. Resist. All right, fellas, let's have uh, Flapa comment first and then Paul, how about Boini's true colors? Well, I think it's funny. Um, that was like the start of my awakening, realizing my immediate circle of friends being a musician. Uh, when things got political, and it was that campaign was when everything changed. Everything became politically motivated. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure you've seen the same trend. Sure. For some reason, and I don't know why, I, I didn't like Bernie because he was Jewish. I didn't yep. care about the socialist. I, like, I didn't like him because he was Jewish. I was like, I don't want a fucking Jewish president. Exactly. And I think that's kind of based. I've just, I've never been fond of Jews. Uh, my dad worked in finance for a long time, you know, so I'd fucking come across these yids, you know, and I played tennis with one. And I had to go to his family's house to eat one time, and they did their fucking little child sacrifice prayer right before dinner. <laughs> I've just never felt that shit, man. And yeah, so, yeah. 
So yeah, I got I got basically blacklisted because I said on stage once I was like I'm never going to vote for a Jewish president in America. There went my music career. There you go. Yep. It was like that. And and that's when I realized that they had not only power over the mainstream music but also in in local scenes. They have right. so much power in entertainment. And that's why people like Handsome Truth and I have taken our talent and skills that we learned in the entertainment industry and used it against them. That's fantastic. Paul, your thoughts on Boini? Well, if I, if I recall, I sent you that clip earlier in the week. I don't know if you'd seen it yet or not. But, uh, yeah, you know, going back to what you just talked about in terms of not having what we used to have, you know, that longing. Um, yeah, wait uh, till you get a little bit older there, uh, Big Flop. Uh, it gets worse, unfortunately. But... You know, my hope is, and some people might think it's a naive hope, but, uh, you know, we can reverse this if we just have enough, uh, you know, white people who are solid, you know, who aren't fags. And, you know, Giuseppe knows the, the way that I mean the pejorative and fags, you know, just like just weak, willing to just accept whatever comes our way, whatever is imposed upon us by our enemy. You know, so if you just want to say to, you know, hey, I'm just going to get along and I'm just going to better myself. And, you know, it's all about me and my life and my comfort and self-improvement and libertarianism, and all the all the crap that the Jews have sold us and poisoned our minds with for generations. You know, that's why they they're always harping about fascism. Right. And, you know, right. I told Giuseppe earlier today, you know, that it's like hey, my working definition of fascism is anything or anybody that opposes Jewish power. Okay, it's just the same with hate. Okay, you know, the definition of hate is those people who hate Jewish power being ruled over by Jews and having this agenda imposed on us. Uh, You know, Giuseppe and I have spoken briefly off air about our, you know, growing up. And, you know, I was I was lucky. You know, we were never upper middle class. We were always just solid middle class. My dad was an engineer and he raised five kids on one salary. We lived in a neighborhood in Ohio where I went to elementary school. There were no black kids in my elementary school. Then we moved out to Washington, a, a suburb outside of Seattle, and went to junior high there. There were no black kids in my junior high. And when I went to high school in San Jose, finally, there was like two or three black kids in the school. And that, that was normal. There was another side of town. There were schools in our district that were majority black, and we played against them in sports. But that, that was because that was that part of town. Right. By the way, the high school I, the high school I went to, we dominated those teams. Um, well, anyway, back back to the show. But yeah, I can totally relate to what was previously discussed. But that word you mentioned it means a longing for something that you, well, that you should long for. It's been a word I've been thinking about lately. I've just I think I've reached a point as a propagandist and as a as an ideologue. Is that a fucking word? Um, it, it, it is, but one thing you should probably clarify is uh, you're you're an actual journalist, but you're a propagandist in in championing the uh, white future. So you should probably clarify that as a two different aspects, right? Sure. I, well, and and they are completely different because um, propaganda on my level it, it re- requires more than a rudimentary um, knowledge of psychology. It's it's why I love talking to NNR is because he's uh, professionally into that, mm-hmm. and um, you you have to fight against. Uh, I've always said this: it's people's attention span these days, right. Right. and so that's why with white privilege, white privilege was the first documentary that wasn't a shit post that I ever made. 
Mm-hmm. And I considered it practice. Um, but I also made it thinking that the Hamas attack was going to happen in the near future. And uh, that's why it's it's more relevant now than it was when I released it, actually. And, and it's a great documentary, and it is at Floppa's Odyssey site, and I just had that up before, and let me put it up again real quick, which is, uh, let's see, how do we tell? So people just look for the real Floppa. On, you have different variations of the name. How do they find your channel? Um, Big Floppa Live. Odyssey.com slash at Big Floppa Live. Awesome. And there it is on the screen for the video Let's people. And let t-shirt. me let me ask you. Yeah, check uh, it out. I got it on my T-shirt. What you talking oh, about? Oh, man, that's cool. That's a cool <laughs> T-shirt. And, uh, um, uh, oh. So I don't forget my links, you know. That's right. There you go. Except you get if you look in the mirror, you got to learn to read backwards. So, <laughs> all right. My question, though, is um, it's remarkable that you st- started doing a very, very uh, focused, lucid deep dive into what was really going on in uh uh palestine and in gaza and you were way way ahead of the curve and so tell us how you started to do that investigation and how did you realize and uh, enough to be able to predict some of these events as you have it started in 2019 uh november 2019 iran found three trillion dollars of oil in their own backyard Donald Trump actually was hospitalized because he almost had a heart attack from finding out the news. That's what tipped really? me off to all of this. And so I started looking into where Iran sends their money, and you got a lot of uh, a lot of transfer to Yemen. And so I started researching the Houthis. That's why I predicted the Houthis were going to join the attack. They've been mm-hmm. waiting for it. They've right. literally been sitting on a trillion dollars of fucking bombs, and they just want to kill Jews. That's all they want to do. They just want to kill Jews. That's the Houthis. And and so, yeah, uh, then, like I said, in in, uh, 2021, the Sword of Jerusalem battle, (coughs) which was just a bunch of, like, backyard rockets sent out of Gaza, which ended up uh, terrible repercussions there. I mean, uh, IDF occupied Gaza after that, raped thousands of women and children, actually, and that's documented. And so I knew there was going to be bloodshed. I know Hamas was originally set up by Mossad to put pressure on Arafat. That was the guy's name, right? Uh, yes, sir, Arafat, the original the yep. Palestinian leader, yeah. Yeah, and so they were pressuring Arafat with Hamas, but when you go into multiple generations of apartheid and genocide, you kind of lose the original. I mean, we're talking about brown people here. Right. You know, and their grandkids, you know, it's like, oh, your great grandpa was murdered by Jews. Your grandpa was murdered by Jews. Your father murdered by Jews. Mom, sister, brother, sister. They don't give a fuck who gave them the money in the beginning anymore. Their ancestors are dead. The average age in Gaza is 19. Did you know that? No, I did not. It's because really. they send their fighting age men to die constantly. Their average age is a kid. And by yeah, my I've, definition, half my age. I've heard wow. that. I've heard that, yeah. And it's interesting, too. I just thought to juxtapose that against that clip that I believe we played two weeks ago. It could have been three, Giuseppe, of that uh, British, uh, that Jewish uh, member of a parliament MP uh, talking about how, okay, that he basically was – he was trying to, to virtue signal by taking the side of the Palestinians, but yet he couldn't work in 
that his grandmother was shot in her bed by a You broke up during the last part of that. Family, you know, was a Holocaust. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, Paul, you're, you cut up. You cut out. You got to repeat yourself. All right, I don't know which which part it was that cut out, but I'll just. It say was I, right in the middle. Sorry to interrupt. I was I was just I was trying to grasp what you were saying. No, no, it could, it could be my crappy uh, headset, but it's the same one I've used the last few weeks. No, I was just thinking about this clip that Giuseppe played a couple of weeks on this show about a British member of parliament who was Jewish, who was supposedly taking the side of the Palestinians. And yet he you know, was bringing up this idea, this notion that he was his family was Holocaust survivors and that his own uh, grandmother was killed in her bed by some Nazis. You know, so, yeah, just made me think about that. You know, Did you hear words, Chuck Schumer's story? This weekend, Paul? No, I've, I've periodically seen and heard clips, but I haven't heard probably what you're referring to, so please tell us. Well, he went on a huge Holocaust cry fest. It was hilarious. And apparently his grandmother, or great-grandmother, you know, whatever. I don't care about his family. <laughs> he, he went on this whole spiel, and yeah, of course, she resisted the Nazis, and so the Nazis dragged her, her entire family, women, children, everyone, and machined them all gun, machine gunned them all down in front of a bunch of Jewish uh, town residents. Didn't do anything to the other Jews, just Chuck Schumer's family. Oy vey. Oh well, my you God. know, here's the thing. Go ahead, Bob. Oh, go ahead. Just no, no, I'm just going to say that... The, the best line that we can all remember is from the great Norman uh, Finkelstein, where he said that it, with all these Holocaust survivors, who did the Germans kill? Now, <laughs> exactly right. That's what I, I want to know. Could, yeah, this is this is you can hear him saying this in a lecture. And of course, you know, he he pisses quite a few people off and he lost his uh, his professorship, his tenure. I think he was at DePaul, if I'm not mistaken, DePaul University. But, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is uh, that, again, you know, this whole idea about Holocaust survival. Well, OK, if the, all these people survived the Holocaust, then, you know, where who's all the dead? Where are they dead ones? Where are they? You know, it's, well, you, you guys have been doing this a little longer than I have. But were there even six million Jews living in the entirety of Europe in 1920? In 1920, no I think the t total was uh, just over, I don't know, 10 million possibly oh so so over half they just rounded them all up from spain fucking france just yeah round them all up in all these countries that uh weren't even involved i don't know it it sounds like a lot tony <laughs> yeah really a lot and you know what's really funny about that that those numbers is there were at, at the peak of uh hitler's uh reich there were only three million jews in all of the territory germany had uh had uh, reclaimed and and you look at the numbers also that uh, at the start of the war there were like uh, uh, 23 million Jews in all of Europe. At the end of the war there was an extra 900,000 minus six million, of course. Minus six million, yeah. Yeah. See, and now, 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 now you too. see why they're doing this Common Core shit, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And, the and other of thing course, that's go ahead, Paul. <laughs> no, I was going to say, and of course they emigrated here to the U.S. in extremely large numbers, beginning, you know, mainly in the 1890s and all the way through the early 1900s. And there was a lot of objection to it at the time, but of course, you know, we don't hear about much of that these days. So, you know, Europe was already losing, uh, you know, millions of Jews that were coming here, and of course they they didn't do us any good now, have they? Well, you know, Paul, you know, I did a deep dive on 
the Jewish mafia recently on my show called The Rabbit Hole. Uh, something I should do more often. Uh, it's it, it's when I take normie conspiracies, I break the ma- mainstream narrative, I break the counter, the mainstream counter narrative, and I find the Jews responsible. And prohib- prohibition was a huge part of the Jewish takeover of the American government. Yep. They were able to turn Christian housewives against their husbands for going to the bar after work during a depression. And in doing so, they illegalized out. Alcohol, and then it was Jewish mafias competing with Irish and Italian mafias in the ghettos of New York City that essentially um, were the Irish and the Italians. Okay, the Italians fought for muscle. The Italians fought for money. And the Jews went straight for political power. And they they found pictures of J. Edgar Hoover sucking dick in a New York City nightclub called the Stork Club. Have you heard about this? Yes, but please tell them. Well, actually, well, save are... that story. We're, we're hitting the bottom of the hour break, so uh, that's a teaser. We're going to hear about the, the excellent fellatio artist J. Edgar Hoover after these <laughs> messages. Are we muted? tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we have been building our online store. While we have been focusing on bringing you the best talk show host in the country, here at Republic Broadcasting Network, we also want our listeners to have products they can use every day and in times of emergency. We have added new products each week to our store. Your support of this network, plus products at the best prices, is a win-win situation. 
check out our new store. Go to our website, republicbroadcasting.org, and click on the online store located at the top of our website. Together, we can continue to grow RBN and help our listeners prepare for the future. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on our online store or call us. 800-724-2719, extension 3. 800-724-2719, extension 3. The Sane Asylum on RepublicBroadcasting.org and SpeakFreeRadio.com. And actually, both uh, these vital independent 24-7 radio internet networks are, are doing fundraisers right now. So if you can support, especially RBN's got a very fascinating uh, uh, way to make money, which is they, the great John Statmiller. I mean, RBN is the house that Statmiller built who passed two years ago, they're, uh, they've got access to his entire library of excellent uh, truth-telling books. And if you can afford to donate $100 or more each week, uh, they're going to uh, allow you to choose uh, one of John Stantmiller's personal books. So, I mean, if you can afford it, what a great way to honor the great man. So please, if you can't, there's a great store at RBN with lots of excellent products. Or just if you can throw them 10 or 20 bucks, uh, please do. And same for Speak Free Radio. All right, we're back, and we've uh, the, the the listeners and viewers have been on the edge of their seat, w- looking forward to hearing about how J. Edgar Hoover got to be such a skilled uh, fallacious. Well, I don't know how he got into all of it. I just know he got caught red-handed, <laughs> and and that led to the FBI essentially taking over, or the the Jews taking over the FBI, and. Right. Yeah, in that rabbit hole that I did, I went all the way up to the JFK assassination and afterwards, and it's all connected. And it all goes back to like what uh, Paul was saying back in the 1890s, a lot of Jews coming to America. That's, that is what changed everything. And you can even go back to, a, I'm sure you guys have heard this, it's called uh, First We Take Manhattan, a song by a Jew, Leonard Cohen. Yep. You aware of that? 
yep. they laid out they laid out their whole fucking blueprint, bragged about it in our faces after they did it. Yep, that's uh, Leonard Cohen was uh, a priest class uh, terrorist rabbi, a pretty good songwriter, lyric. I mean, uh, and uh, he wrote some some cool songs, but he's also was a, a traitor to uh, all all. He's Canadian, so it was well, he's Jewish. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I, I never consider Jews traitors. They're doing oh, yeah. what they do. They're at war with Am- Amalek. And so well, it's, hard, it's hard to call them traitors. You know what I mean? They're actually it's, fighting. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the traitor point. to me is your right-wing Republican who fucking uh, won't address the, the white majority. That's the traitor. Right, we'll see. Oh, like Robinson out is, of Louisiana. Go ahead, Paul. We're, we're stepping on you. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, 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 no. I just w- waiting for the point to jump in here. But this reminds me, it just makes me think about the way that I think I wish we all could think, and I've been thinking in this way for quite a long time, and I don't begrudge the Jews for their ambition to rule us, right? I mean, we hate them for who they are and what they are, but we mainly right. hate them because they are ruling this, ruling us. And I really want to just turn the tide because I want to be who it is that we're meant to be, which is conquerors, okay? Right. That's who the white race is. When you look at Arthur Kemp's great you know, work, right, and when you look at history— Okay, what what is it that we do best? And that's that we build and we conquer. And the thing is, is we are we've been reduced to essentially to servitude, to basically engaging in commerce and economic activity to pay tribute to the Jews. And it disgusts me because we could and we should kick their ass. And that's just basically where I come from. You know, as I've discussed with you on the air, Giuseppe, and you've heard me many on many of my calls. I'm an educated guy. I've actually read books, okay, you know, but none of that really matters. What really matters in the world is what the Jews are doing, okay, which is, let's face it, okay, they they have won and they are winning, but in many ways they're blowing it, okay, because they're stupid and (laughs) and they're weird, right? I really think it should be us, okay? I really do believe the Germans were correct. In, the, in what was ascribed to them, even though I don't believe all the propaganda, but, oh, they want to conquer the world and they're the master race. Well, you know what? Even if that was true, I got no problem with it because it's obvious. You know, people don't, when they get rich, they don't go buy, uh, you know, Chinese cars, right? You know, when people want the best technology, they're, they're not going anywhere else but to Germany and Europe, right? So, I mean, we are what we are. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. And the rest of the world is better off. When you look at other countries in the world, I don't care if it's Africa or Asia or South America, when they have concrete buildings and water under pressure coming to their homes and pipes and they have electricity and so on and so on, this is all white men, okay? No other race has done that. No other race did it. And by the way, if it all falls away tomorrow, no other race is going to do it. It's going to be us. So we got nothing to apologize you know, for, and I honestly feel that we should rule and it beats getting ruled, and because right now we're getting ruled by these people. Thanks well, my rant. I I think you are absolutely right to say I don't begrudge them for trying to dominate. I think I, I, if you go back a thousand years ago, every ethnic in group was trying to dominate the world. It's always been the goal. And right. what I begrudge, and I hate to say, I begrudge white people for forgetting that purpose. We're right. the stewards of this earth. We've always been the best. No one, like you said, who's going to build it back? The only thing we have to lose is our people. Every goddamn brick that we put on this fucking earth, we can put back wherever we want. Right. 
And, and so domination should be the goal. It should have always been the goal for every ethnic group. And, and anyone that lost sight of that, you wonder why they're losing. You wonder why Jews and fucking Chinese are so far ahead. It's because they never lost sight of that. Right. Thank that you. is a great point. Yeah, well, exactly. the other thing that is we, we haven't mentioned yet, and I want to get both your thoughts on it, is that the Jew, the international Jew, um, the synagogue of Satan Jew doesn't just uh, attack the clueless white uh, first world Europeans with political power. They've also been poisoning whites with uh, uh, feminization. Uh, uh, with, they're poisoning whites with big harma. They're poisoning whites with glysof, uh, um, bisophenol A and other drink soy, you know, which is like drinking a birth control pill. The only kind of soy you should consume is um, fermented soy, as well as the subversion of women to this radical feminization like first generation fem feminism i i supported because if a woman got beat up by her husband and, and and needed a divorce she couldn't get a mortgage she couldn't do anything right so there was some inequalities that needed to be addressed but ever since then it's been these uh, psycho jew bitches uh trying to push women farther and farther out and if you look at the freak show that is the national education association with all these insane white uh women they're not really women there's white things female things is probably the better way to look at them and and it just goes on and on i mean this has been you know it, at a bare minimum fifth generation warfare and what's so heartbreaking to me is the whites don't even know they're being wiped out by all these sophisticated uh techniques and psyops so go ahead floppa then paul well the, the the multifaceted campaign against us i think i think a lot of people um are awake to it and if you look at them there it's um demographically liberal voters if you look at the voting demographic uh the people that care about big pharma wall street um apartheid it, it's the party that's always protesting against it and so right. you, you see the liberals they they are aware of those things but they're racially neutered and i've called what's happened the kvetch 22 it's the most fascinating <laughs> part about th these gaza attacks is now the liberal class has turned against Israel because they've been trained to hate ethnic oppression, apartheid, and genocide and oppression. They've been trained to hate Israel. Which is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Paul. Well, that's a fantastic training, as to echo what Giuseppe just said. I mean, Let's face it, as I mentioned earlier on the show, you know, about all these things that the Jews are trying to say now, and, again, and it's really pathetic, you know. In fact, Giuseppe, if you don't mind at this juncture, I think we need to incorporate it in the show. I know you and I don't really talk about much before the show. In fact, for all you listeners out there, Giuseppe and I just do this basically off the cuff, starting every Sunday. I get a call like one minute before the show starts, and I'm on the air. Right. But I've often thought we should, you know, do a little routine. For example, uh, my top ten firing squad list for my imaginary presidency when I take office. <laughs> and I think it's time to announce there's a new member now. I'm not sure who he's going to bump, and we already flop, in case you don't know, I've already composed a rough list before. The people that are going to be on my the top ten firing squad list, for example, uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert and Sean Penn, <laughs> you know. I mean, I'm sorry, Sean Penn, you know, no, dead man walking. Sean Penn deserves it. 
Yeah, he does. Um, no, he was involved in kidnapping uh, 33 children from Haiti after that earthquake in Haiti. He was involved in the Bill Clinton Foundation, fucking, uh, where they scammed billions of dollars of uh, of United States donors, and then they stole a bunch of kids in a disaster relief fucking program. Ah, they were caught in El Salvador doing it. Sean Penn was behind that. I was not aware of that. I was just referring to his pimping of the vaccine. Of course, that too. Uh, um, but to continue briefly here with my my fifteen seconds of fame here, uh, sorry. Keith Keith Olbermann takes up two spaces on that. Oh, there you list. go. Yeah, yeah. I think Giuseppe. I think Giuseppe and others probably have burned in their mind. I know I do. That rant he went on, and I think he was in a bathrobe on the balcony of his apartment, talking about how we were all big babies and cowards for not taking our vaccine. And, <laughs> that was you know. Yeah. There's very few times where I just want to unload on somebody the way that uh, Chuck Liddell used to unload on Tito Ortiz, right? But, you know, when, when, when I heard Keith Olbermann doing that, among many other things, I just like, okay, you're taking up two spaces. Well, anyway, this week, my new addition for my top ten list of firing squad when I take my imaginary presidency, and by the way, Trump is still on it, just so you, all you listeners know out there, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Oh, there you go. Now, earlier in the week, I just sent Giuseppe a clip, and uh, I'm sure many other people might have seen this by now, but he did this lengthy thing complete with like a video background about how we shouldn't hate and how it's just hate is for losers. And, you know, we're supposed to just be all into ourselves, right? Self-improvement. And, of course, he showed this famous clip, I think, in part of this little tirade rant, screed, or whatever you want to call it, where the swastika on the Reich's chancellery gets blown up, right? And right about that time, he talked about how, okay, the Germans or the Nazis were were losers. They were losers. Oh, he threw his own dad under the bus, too. Oh, my God. Yep. And Okay, yep. and so I got news for all you people out there. I am convinced that he's a effing Jew. And one of my, the evidence I look for that is what I call physiognomy, right, which is the shape of the face and the head. And this is not anything I've studied in depth, but I have looked into it. There are websites, by the way, and I've encountered these throughout my, my um, shall I say, my exploration on the web, that they compare and contrast what the proto-European Cro-Magnon face looks like and head versus Neanderthal. And there's a lot of great evidence to suggest that a great many Jews are mostly Neanderthal. And when you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he just reminds me, his face, bone structure, reminds me of Ron Perlman, right? Oh, yeah. He, well, he oh, man. You know, Tuber, White Tuber, I don't know if you guys have heard about him. Sure, he's been on my show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good guy. He did a, a physiognomy thing recently where he talked about, like, the elite Jews, how they are built like Anthony Bourdain, Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein. Ron Perlman was one of them. And they do have a different chin structure. They're a different... Yeah. Type yes. of view. And yeah. it just it I swear I heard all this like last week and it's just like fresh in my mind. No, it's it's the it's the forehead, the brow ridges, the jaw, there's there's a number Ears. of indicators and it's very clear. It's like the it's like the difference between say Robert Redford, okay, or you know, some of these people like Brad Pitt classic uh classically handsome Aryan features versus like a Chuck Schumer or a Jerry Nadler, or an Alan Dershowitz, or on and on. And now when you look at Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, he does not have that classic Aryan face. Now, he may or may not be a Jew. I don't know. I don't care. First of all, he's on the list for the, for basically saying to screw your rights. Okay, we all remember yeah, that. Right. And, of course, if, you've seen, if you haven't seen this flop, I'll just get it from Giuseppe and watch it. You will be pissed. You know, and I just got news for you, Schwarzenegger. First of all, you're Austrian. 
okay? You're not German. You're basically Germany's stepsister, and we annexed you, and we can annex you anytime because you need to be annexed. All right, so anyway, Schwarzenegger is now on the list. All right. You know who I would put on that motherfucker? Eminem. <laughs> that song, White America, he's such a race trader piece of shit. I've never seen a race trader quite like Eminem. Oh, oh yeah, a couple of years ago with the Super Bowl where uh, all those uh, goofy blacks were chimping out with rap music and the crowd was not particularly in- in- interested and then all of a sudden Eminem showed up in the end of it and all the crowd went nuts and all the the, the black chimping out uh, rappers were all butthurt that a white guy got the biggest ovation. <laughs> You no uh, no no disagreement from me here. And by the way, Giuseppe, you did happen to catch any of that? Oh my God, that insipid, vile halftime show between uh, Green Bay and Detroit on Thanksgiving Day? Did you see that that guy at that halftime show? Uh, no, we we had, oh the uh, rapper, I, the fucking white rapper piece of yeah, shit. that, that was disgusting. I had to watch that with my dad, and I was looking at my dad. I was like, dude, why do you even watch this crap on it, TV? It's not, it's not even music. You couldn't understand a word he said. It was just uh, basically, let's put on that list. Flop out. I don't think I have any disagreement with you. All wiggers. All yeah. wiggers go on that list. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I guess so. Uh, if it's all wiggers, I better pull my pants up right now. Yeah, pull them up. <laughs> pull them up, G man. Well, hey, you know, we were talking about uh, the uh, the left turning on the brutal, murder, murderous, genocidal uh, Israelis. And I, uh, Sam, if you could cue up uh, clip number three, the lovely Lana from Red Ice TV mocks oh, a vile parasite, Johnny Greenblatt, for saying his subhuman offspring don't feel safe in their elite jew school so oh the hypocrisy so that's she smoked the issue she okay she's hot as fuck before that but after that she's a 10 forever she's a 10 of 10 roasted that issue hard so we're gonna listen to some of it right now clip number three sam Jonathan Greenblatt, the Zionist mob boss at the ADL, lost it on The Morning Joe, claiming that his Jewish children don't feel safe in their elite private school because some people aren't supporting the Zionist war in Gaza. Here he is making threats to anti-Zionists. I am so sick of the safe spaces conversation. Don't talk to me about safe spaces when your campuses are literally unsafe. These college administrators and, you know, it's the oppression Olympics, Joe. It's the oppression Olympics where you either play oppressor or oppressed. And in this victimology madness, Jews are somehow put at the bottom. But here's the thing, Joe. I am so tired of the cowardice. I am so tired of the weakness. So university presence, I am looking right at you. If you violate Title VI and you make your students unsafe, ADL is coming for you. If you create environments where Jewish students are hostile, are being harassed, being targeted, I got news for you. You may have a moral weakness, but you also have a fiduciary responsibility to protect your institutions. And look, whether you're gonna lose tens of millions of donor dollars, and you will, or you lose hundreds of millions in federal funding because you lose Title VI, and you will. We are coming for you because I'm tired of waiting, Joe. I'm tired of waiting for them to protect my Jewish kids in school. 
So I'm going to protect them with the full force of the law. He says, I'm going to protect them, his Jewish children, with the full force of the law. So he's equating anti-Zionist rhetoric with Jewish genocide. But Zionism is a political movement. You can't genocide it. Yet he certainly doesn't equate anti-white rhetoric with white genocide. He doesn't care that our children, our non-Jewish children, are being targeted in school because they are white. He comes down on safe spaces and campus oppression Olympics and oppressor versus oppressed victim Olympics. But it is people like him and the ADL who have supported all of this against white people. He has consistently been far left for white America, but ethno-nationalist for Israel. But now that the tide is turning against Zionism and his interests, he's crying out in pain against the very system he and his side has helped create. You see, it's okay as long as whites are continually attacked for being an oppressor. But now he's upset that Jews are on the bottom of the victim hierarchy because they should be at the top. That's the Kvetch 22 right there, college administrators for rising anti-Semitism on campus, conflating anti-Zionism with being anti-Jewish, worrying about the safety of Jewish students. When is he ever worried about the safety of white non-Jewish students? When? Where was he when Texas State University published a paper about how white DNA is an abomination and that the world would be liberated if white people died off? And where was he when a SUNY professor said that the white nuclear family is racist and white supremacist? I also didn't hear him speak out when Harvard professor Noel Ignatiev said you cannot separate racism from white people and that the white race must be destroyed. Where was Jonathan Greenblatt when a Drexler University professor said all he wanted for Christmas was white genocide and then was protected by the administration who supported him? When has he spoken out against the attack on our white children when schools across the country are teaching critical whiteness studies, teaching how white people are the problem and need to be deconstructed, instructing white students to believe that all white people are racist and only white people can be racist, that white people everywhere, including our kids, are oppressors and colonizers? We're hit with a nonstop onslaught of anti-white programming in education, entertainment, in the news. Everywhere you look, they are celebrating the destruction and replacement of white European heritage, culture, history, and people. Celebrating us being replaced in the lands we inhabit. Greenblatt has supported all of this. Where was he when Nicole Hannah-Jones pushed 1619 curriculum into schools, rewriting American history to villainize white people? Where was he when Ibram X. Kendi's books were pushed into schools, indoctrinating white students on how they're all racist? Okay, Sam, he was taking she's done a great job, but it's a long clip, so I want to get these guys' thoughts before we hit the top of the hour. Floppa, go ahead, man. That's a great, great uh, a summation, Kvetch 22, so tell it's us your the thoughts. Kv- it's the Kvetch 22. What she is noticing is the same thing I've been calling out on my show every day. Uh, what what these Jews are forced to do, because Greenblatt is a leftist Jew, and so all his rhetoric in the past has been leftist, and she's so sharp to call him out on it. What Jews are being forced to do now that they're losing their homeland, they don't feel safe in Western nations anymore because they've liberalized them and filled them with Muslims that hate them. Right. And so that's the Kvetch 22, and so you've got him using right-wing rhetoric, like oppression Olympics. Against the left, because what we're seeing is a fucking leftist exodus of Jews to the right. And that's what you're seeing in Argentina with their new fucking leader. You're seeing it in the Netherlands with their new leader. You're seeing these far-right Donald Trumpian politicians that I think aren't going to pull the Maloney card 
and invade their own countries like she did. I think they're going to make them safe for Jewish people because they got nowhere to fucking go right now. They Muslimize the whole world. Yeah, the uh, Argentina dude is uh, another fallacious towards the uh, Jewish uh, people. Paul, your thoughts as we hit the top of the hour. Well, uh, you know, lesson in point, the physiognomy of Lana Lochtef versus, say, the Neanderthal physiognomy of uh, Barbara Streisand, or how about Bella Abzug? Okay, how about that? Or how about that chick uh, uh, who's the the head of uh, uh, Holocaust for the U.S. government? What a joke. Let's go back to the physiognomy of Lana. One to a hundred, (laughs) Chad. One to a hundred. Let's go. I want to see who's awake in there. But you know what it reminds me of? The ADL is coming for you. Yeah, we're, we're shaking in our boots. And also it reminds me, Giuseppe, just to bring up a little bit of her past here, is when I was genocide on air by my former uh, host, you know, and my, my backstabbing ex-friend for using the word kike. And he actually said on the air and said to, in the text that he was afraid that the ADL would shut us down or shut our beyond down because I was like out of control. How pathetic is that? Pretty pathetic, pretty pathetic. All right, we're we're what a great first hour. After the uh, break, we're going to uh, open up the phone lines. So, Floppa, tell everybody how they can follow your excellent shows. I mean, you're a copious uh, content producer. I'm a busy man, G man. Uh, I know, very impressive. About 16 hours a day is what I work, seven days a week. Uh, I took uh, two hours off today to take a nap. I'm very happy about my two hours off. Nice. Uh, you can find me at Big Floppa Live on Odyssey. I'm on Gab at The Real Floppa with underscores for spaces. Um, White Club 14 is my channel on Telegram. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I'm always open to talking to, uh, to like minded people about this. I'm not, obviously, I mean, I'll flip my fucking camera on. I, I got over the whole doxing thing. Uh, I, I don't care. I'm not I'm not afraid of what I believe in or to, to attach my face and my name to it. Good for you. So, I mean, hit me up if you got something to say. All right. What a great first hour with Paul and Plata. And we'll open up the phone lines after these messages. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure pouty arco super tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com. Or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. DrinkSuperTea.com. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.